1: learn more at marines.com it's time it's
2: time, time time to get in the zone Time to get in the zone with the 49ers web zone this is the no huddle podcast with al and brian 49ers
3: web zone no huddle podcast part of the odyssey network i'm al sacco with brian renick and if you're a 49ers fan or a fan of sports in the Bay Area, this voice would be a very familiar one. He is a legend in Bay Area radio, and you can catch him now on his YouTube station, Damon Bruce Plus, one and only Damon Bruce. Damon, thanks for being with us, buddy.
2: Al, thank you very much. Your introduction was way too kind. Brian, good to be with you. <laughs> Guys, th- thanks so much for having me. It's
1: good to see you. Absolutely. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, it's great to talk
3: to you, Damon. And this has been a fun season so far for the Niners. Um, You know, there was a little bit of drama coming in in the offseason. And then you had the Bosa holdout. And you're like, where is this going to go? And from the minute that whistle hit in week one, it's just been guns blazing for this team. And you've seen a lot of 49ers football over the years. And we've been talking about just how good the current version of this team is. It's not really fair to compare them to any of the teams that won the Super Bowl? But when you look back at the Harbaugh years and now with this current regime, where do you think this team ranks in in those more recent teams, 2011 through about now?
2: Look, all all we can do is operate in the vacuum we're sitting in, right? And, And since I've been covering the 49ers, I can't remember a better, healthier, the way the league has broken around them as dominant as they've been, quality of opponent that they've played. I can't remember a better 4-0 start, not for Kyle Shanahan, not really for anyone. This just feels like a, a season that a lot of people have the highest of expectations for. You couldn't have even had this high of expectation for the start to the year. I mean, it's it's pretty much been flawless, but for you know maybe a half – In Los Angeles, when the Rams kind of did what they wanted to do offensively and then adjustments were made at halftime and everything was okay in that game, too. I mean, they are operating on a level of offense that is essentially unprecedented in team history a defense that is still under construction with a new defensive coordinator trying to figure out who fits where. And that seems to be ahead of schedule, although some would say it it still isn't. Uh, It's a pretty good-looking defensive unit to me. And special teams are, I think, the legitimate concern coming into the year, well, it's squashed those concerns. You got Wisnowski, who is just coughing, cornering everyone inside the 20-yard line. And uh, you got a rookie kicker that everyone was conditioned to be worried about, and he hasn't missed a kick yet, point after touchdown or field goal. So it's been an exemplary start, and, again, the key is health. This is a healthy 4-0 Niner team, and that makes them dangerous.
3: Yeah, yeah we think, were sorry, – Sorry, Brian. I, I think two of good. this team – you look at the, the Garoppolo years, they kind of had trouble scoring. There's a lot of 20 to 13 games and, and a lot of games that maybe were closer than they should have been. And you had the Pete Kaepernick years, which which were good because Kaepernick they didn't really know what to do with him at first. And that defense was so strong, but I just feel now with this team, this iteration of it, you have an offense that's scoring 30 points every single week and a defense that I don't even think is at their stride yet. And they're a, probably going to give up in the 15 point range you put that together it just seems like it's the most dangerous team to me they've had in a while um and it's kind of like super bowl or bust i think right now
2: you're going to win an awful lot of games scoring about 30 holding everyone else to about 15 you know it's just that simple i'm not i was never a math major but uh that is an overwhelming point differential and when you start seeing a team do that regularly that's when that's when you start dreaming big and i think the 49ers, 49ers fans, even unreasonable 49ers fans, have the right to be dreaming big. Four weeks in, you know, I was talking to to uh, uh, another uh, another channel just the other day and uh, was asked, you know, where's where's the iceberg going to come from? And, and I really don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. It could be an injury. It could be a losing streak. It could be something going wrong. Who the hell knows? But right now, we got Leo and Kate at the front of the, you know, just the you know, king of the world. Everyone's feeling so good about what they see. But there's a there's an iceberg out there somewhere. And hopefully, Kyle Shanahan is enough of a captain to steer this team around that. And if he does, I mean, yeah, they 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 look like a team that, should be hosting an nfc title game right now
1: you know arguably you would say that of the kyle shanahan teams in the past including 2019 uh where they made it to the super bowl that iceberg was their starting quarterback and in in the nfl obviously starting quarterback play is king if you've got a guy that can operate your offense you're likely going to be in a much better position than a lot of teams that we've seen right now who have had some pretty poor quarterback play, including poor quarterback play from guys that we expected to be really good. Uh, And specifically I'm thinking Joe Burrow, but you know, it seems like Kyle Shanahan has found the right guy to run his system in Brock Purdy. Have you been surprised by the level at which he's been able to operate this offense this year, knowing that he's coming off that elbow injury and, and, knowing that he was the last pick in the draft, a rookie last year, you know, quarterbacks can get on a heater and he was absolutely on one, but it has continued into this year. Has he exceeded your expectations? Is this what you thought or what's your, what are your thoughts on Purdy? He's exceeded his own mother's expectations. I
2: mean, let's be totally honest. This is uh this is an unprecedented start for the 49ers, for any quarterback, regardless of draft position, you factor in Purdy's draft position, it just turns it into a Disney movie. Um, To me, everything in sports is a collection of data points, and you got to know what are the important data points and what are the less important data points, what do you really need to concentrate on, what do you need to throw away because it doesn't matter as much. All of the important data points are coming back, this guy can play. Forget about his salary. Forget about his pedigree. Forget about where he was drafted. This guy has data points that are as robust as some of the highest paid, most respected quarterbacks in this league right now. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. (laughs) I'm terrible at the projection business. I don't know where this goes. Football, all professional sports, it's a very fickle thing, can be there one day and gone the next for a number of reasons. And like you said, Brian, off-season surgery on an elbow after a huge rookie year, like that's even a, a worse way to start your second year than being a Mr. Irrelevant was to start your first year. And so we keep on moving the starting line back for this guy, and he's on the lead lap no matter what. Um, it's, it's remarkable. It's really remarkable. I, I can't think of anything that is like it other than, you know, you start talking about, well, you know, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round and, you know, Kurt Warner was bagging groceries. Like it's that much of an unbelievable starting point. Uh, still, a, a, an awful lot of career in front of them, an awful lot of season in front of them this year, but look, Kyle Shanahan and company just have to be thrilled with what they're seeing from this guy. And again, it, it's, it's awfully rough times for Trey Lance salesmen on the internet these days. And it's not, you know, me trying to dunk on anyone. It's, it's football reality just showing you what the hell is actually really going on with the 49ers or, or not. I mean, th- this is, this is, this is extraordinary and to not being able to recognize it as extraordinary it is ridiculous it's I, I don't know where it ends but i've never seen a beginning quite like this
3: yeah and people can get toxic with that they just kind of get a favorite player it was toxic with the jimmy trey stuff and then it got toxic with with the tray and the brock stuff and you're right if you're looking at kind of the re- we always talk about the reality of the situation on the show and if you were looking at the reality i mean it was clear as day that this guy was this, in brock was the starting quarterback they were going to roll with him he had earned it kyle like right. saw on film he's like an extension of kyle and here we it, are receiving it's real
2: now. simple everything that had nothing to do with the actual football game said this isn't your guy <laughs> you know look at the draft capital look at this guy's physical attributes and blah 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 but then like when it Turn Sunday and you're playing football, there's nothing to discuss. I mean, the man hasn't lost not once on a Sunday yet in the regular season. Like what more would you like than that? A 14 game winning streak going back to last year that even predates him coming aboard, honestly, as quarterback, but it's, it's, it's incredible to see what has happened so quickly for a guy who just seems to be as you're saying wired to be the perfect fit for Shanahan it's this egoless, yes chef approach and that's what Kyle wants to hear Kyle just wants someone to do what he says to do yet have the physical ability to improvise should that situation arise and I just think that that Purdy's done a, a great job showing Kyle he can do both and, oh, by the way, let's not leave this out. Christian freaking McCaffrey <laughs> makes <laughs> all of it look easier. All of yeah. it. Dude, that's um, where I was going to go
3: next. So yeah. they make this trade last year. And what were they, three and four when they made the trade? Looked like things were a little bit shaky. And we were talking about the ESPN grade, well, last show, Brian, right? Where they gave them a yeah. C-, C-minus, maybe because yeah. of the injuries he had. You knew the talent McCaffrey had, but what he's done since then has been, I mean, maybe the best offensive player since, Uh, T.O., you can even maybe argue Jerry Rice from what he's done statistically. Where were you when they traded for him? What were your initial thoughts, and and why do you think he's been such a good fit?
2: You know, big gamble, and I thought in a world that we've all been conditioned to be brushed back by high running back salaries, I thought, boy, is this a... a a right way for a team that is looking to build robust talent everywhere to sink so much into a position that could be hurt overnight and blah, 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 blah. And I forgot that totally, yeah, running backs matter. Like, great running backs matter. And I keep coming back to this, gentlemen. I'm apologizing if you've heard me say this before, but I really mean it. Christian McCaffrey, to me, is a revelation the same way Kevin Durant was. Like, I knew he was good I knew Kevin Durant was good, but I had no idea the degree of greatness until I got to see him every game, every night in a Warriors uniform. I knew Christian McCaffrey at Stanford was really good, and I knew at Carolina he was very good, but you can't appreciate how good this guy is until you see the stuff that doesn't make the highlight tape. Like second and seven, middle of the field, and he picks up eight yards every time. You know, Christian McCaffrey helps this team avoid third down because he's just a human chain mover and he's running so violently and he's got stiff arms for everybody. And I had no idea. I knew he was good. I didn't realize that we're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer should he stay healthy. That's where Christian McCaffrey's going. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he continues to play like this.
1: Yeah, not only is Christian McCaffrey a first-down machine, but you've got Debo, you've got Kittle, and then you've got Brandon Ayuk, who has 17 receptions this season. All of them have been for either a first-down or a touchdown. Like, this offense is just operating at a level that we haven't seen. Uh, But let's be real. The Cowboys come to town on Sunday, and this is the biggest test that this team has seen all season. And, you know, in, in the Cowboys' three wins... They've outscored the Giants, Jets, and Pats 108-13. to Granted, I believe against both the Patriots and the Giants, there were two defensive touchdowns in there, which you can't take away, but that's still impressive. Uh, But then they played the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, I mean, the, the, the Cowboys had some injuries specifically on the offensive line. It was the week that Trayvon Diggs for the season to an ACL tear. But that was the only piece that was missing on defense. And the Cardinals ran up 222 yards on the ground against them and controlled the game in a victory that they won 28 to 16, a team that the 49ers just beat 35 to 16. So do you see the Niners just leaning on CMC and the ground game uh, to try and control the game? Or do you think that, They're not even worried about controlling the game. They just are worried about going out, playing their game, and knowing if we play our game and we're on the details that there's no one that's beating us.
2: So Kyle's a control freak, right? Like he wants to control everything and every element, and you control football games by running it. If it were the Dallas Cowboys, it wouldn't matter. If it were the 0-4 Vikings, it wouldn't matter. Kyle wants to run the ball straight up period he got he has a hard-on for it it's what he does it's he 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 loves establishing play action pass where again brandon Ayuk is now catching balls for only first downs and touchdowns and and that's what kyle wants to do so he's going to want to do that against anybody but especially a team that is as good and as threatening and as much of a quality opponent as you're going to run into uh all season long the dallas cowboys are good The Dallas Cowboys are good. The Dallas Cowboys were good enough to make the playoffs two years in a row, and the 49ers have sent them home two years in a row, and that's because I believe the 49ers are better, and they are beat. Uh, They are built to beat the Cowboys um, because of that running game, because of what James Conner just did. I mean, James Conner got loose around the tackles. And if Christian McCaffrey is doing that, if you're watching Debo take jet sweeps around the tackles and it's a problem for the Cowboys, that's when the 49ers have not just a win on Sunday night football, but an impressive win. I mean, slow down Tony Pollard, keep an eye on Micah Parsons, make sure C.D. Lamb doesn't have a monster game. And I don't know how Dallas does this without you know two of those three things happening. So I, I think the Niners are well-built to beat the Cowboys. I do think the Cowboys are a touch overinflated in their dominance based on quality of opponent or lack thereof in their three overwhelming lopsided victories. And I just, I think the 49ers are built to win this game nine out of 10 times. And then when you put it, you know, on their home field, now we're now, now the Niners are built to win this, this game like 19 out of 20 times. You know, I I like their chances an awful lot, That, you know, forget about point spreads, forget about all that stuff, just straight up. Do the 49ers win on Sunday night? I think the answer is yes. There's a lot of precedent there. When Kyle has ownage over certain coaches, and you can ask Sean McVeigh about this, it tends (laughs) to be a pattern. And Kyle has ownage over McCarthy. He really does, so um, I, I like the Niners' chances an awful lot in this game. And then, as I said, the reason why I like the beginning of this year for the 49ers is because all of a sudden, games that you circled as holy shit games at the beginning of the year are less holy shit games right now. Uh, uh, you know, go, going to uh, go, going to Cleveland before you take on the Bengals like those those look like two totally different things right now as when opposed to the schedule came out. So. Um, it's, it's all breaking the way for the 49ers. Not only are they playing great, but the rest of the league around them seems to be, you know, coming back to them in a direction they would like to be approached. So it's, (laughs) it's just a great start. I mean, really, I mean, like, I know that just sunshine and happy rainbows and pots of gold is, is not compelling content for some people. But I did a whole show today, and the premise was, if you can't appreciate the roses while they're still growing, you shouldn't even be in the gardening business. You know, if if all you appreciate is the bouquet at the end, you don't really know what you're focusing on. This is, again... Who is Brock Purdy? I don't know who Brock Purdy is going to be. But right now, to this point in time, he's had more team success early on in his career than Joe Montana, than Steve Young, than Peyton Manning, than all the greats. I mean, it's it's ridiculous the data points that are being thrown at us. And instead of figuring out a way to prove them false, what if they're right? <laughs> like, what if they're right? What if this really is the beginning of something that is incredibly special going forward yeah. for a few years here i mean i was i you know t- to hold kyle shanahan's feet to the fire is well he hasn't won a super bowl well look only 26 living men on the planet have won super bowls these things are hard they're elusive uh every other data point on kyle's career he's 46 and 24 since 2019 means this guy knows what he's doing so if yeah. he he's got a if if he's got a staff a coaching staff who knows what he's doing, a quarterback who can execute his vision, about as talented a roster as you're going to find in football, while no one else in the league is playing extraordinary right now. I would even tell you that Philadelphia's 4-0 record could have some holes poked in it. Uh, yeah. They just look like the they look like the prettiest girl at the homecoming dance. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you.
3: Yeah, and maybe it's the East Coast guy in me, but I tend to be a little bit pessimistic myself like I could find something wrong with anything and I'm right there with you right now I'm just like sit back and enjoy this and you made a good point about when the season started there are games that you circle right like oh shit this one's going to be tough and I had Dallas circled for that because for the same reasons the Niners are going to be up for Philly Dallas is going to be up for this game they knocked them out of the playoffs a couple years in a row Um, so I think they're going to come into this game and they're going to be pumped but I also agree with you right now is like I don't know that that matters and one of the keys for me is Dak now Frankly, in the two postseason games, Dak looked shook to me in both of those games. He didn't play super well. In 2021, he was 23 of 43, 53%, with a 69 rating. And Last year, his rating was 63. He's thrown three interceptions in those two games. He's been sacked six times. He's a big key to me in this game. Do you see him bouncing back? Or like you said, do the Niners just kind of have his number?
2: Are the 49ers going to watch another offense, just embrace getting it out in under two seconds. Cause I think that's a real difference maker, right? You know, they're Dak to me, Cowboys football, maybe in my own mind more than I can prove this to you statistically or with a pro football focus grade. But to me, like Cowboys are a big passing play offense. Like they're, they're, they're looking for a five, seven step drop, survey the field, gut you with a big play. That's not who they've been at all this year. The Cowboys have been among the shortest air yards passing in all of football. They're, you know, football is about trends, right? Bucking trends, embracing trends. And the trend right now is that ball is out on your third. By the time your heel hits the third step drop, the ball is gone. And that's what Dallas is doing this year. And that's why Dak has, I think, the fourth best completion percentage, Brock Purdy is number three, by the way, in the NFL right now, um, but they have embraced the trend that is just get it out. So, if that makes Dak more comfortable, is he then more dangerous? If if he's not getting sacked six times, is is he is he more dangerous? Of course he is. So, will the different look Cowboys present a different problem? Maybe, which is why I go back to saying the job number one is just shutting down Tony Pollard. Because whatever, what whatever the Cowboys were going to do last December in that playoff game, or January, I guess I should say, uh, they stopped doing immediately when Tony Pollard got hurt and left that game. So yeah. you keep Pollard in check; it just changes the dynamic. And and any team that gets one dimensional that's a feast for the 49ers defensively. I don't care if you're getting the ball out at two and a half Mississippi, they're coming.
3: Damon, we appreciate the time, buddy. Top me where they can find you.
2: Well, p- thanks so much for having me. First of all, I know you guys got great followers and subscribers. Anyone who wanted to subscribe to Damon Bruce Plus, I would deeply appreciate that. There's a podcast as well, also called Damon Bruce Plus. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast. You download that. My wife will stop yelling at me to go get a real job, and I'd really appreciate that if you could prevent that from happening. So, thank you guys for having me. I hope this is the first of several conversations we get to have as the season goes along. It, it should be a really fun ride
3: absolutely, absolutely. You got an open invitation, welcome my friend i appreciate welcome
2: it. anytime thank you guys thank you have a good bye one bye. damon
3: all right brian good stuff as usual now this matchup these two teams are tied in all time in their series nineteen the juicy so so this is this is a big one um there's the only two teams in the nfc who are averaging over 30 points a game like you said dallas has been a lot of Defensive scores within that. Damon brought up a good point where I think I want to start off kind of talking about this. He's talking about Dallas not doing the downfield throws and getting the ball out this yeah. year. I saw a stat. Prescott's average air yards per attempt are 5.5 right now, which is 33rd out of 34 quarterbacks. And his average time to pass is 2.49, which is the fourth fastest. So, yeah, he's he's just getting the ball out. There's some injuries on the offensive line. Um, I don't know as of right now as of today. Zach, Zach Martin was banged up. Uh, Smith was banged up on the offensive line. So Dallas has got some issues there. I think they're going to try to get the ball out quickly. Like you said, I think that's going to be how they're going to attack it. But the nerves that I had about this game, maybe even two or three weeks ago, I, I don't as much anymore. I really feel good about the Niners here. The stats I gave about Prescott, I, I feel like he just this is just not a good matchup for him. Even if they do try to get the ball out quickly, Niners defense is still going to have success, I think. With,
1: to the, with the Cowboys deep offense. Yeah. Um, I've read something the other day and I was, it it irritated me a little bit, but this is what Mike McCarthy wanted out of his offense. It's not that they're getting the ball out quicker because they've had injuries on the offensive line. No, this is what he wanted. You know, Mike McCarthy is a West coast offense uh, disciple and they've, they've taken to calling this the Texas coast offense. And I'm like, get out of here. Like, no, no, you don't get to call it that. That's not, no, you're done. But we know that this 49ers defense had the most trouble against any opponent when they played the Rams and the Rams in the first half specifically were getting the ball out very quickly. And the one concern that I have is if they start putting CD lamb in the slot, because what that tends to do to this 49ers defense is that they then shift Demo Lenore to the slot. And then that brings Amber Thomas on the field. And I don't you want you are terrified Amber of Thomas, Amber
3: Thomas football. <laughs> yes.
1: Afraid. I do not want Ambery Thomas on this football field against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, like I said in our last episode, maybe that becomes Anthony Brown, the cornerback who played for seven seasons in Dallas and they signed three weeks ago. Uh, So he should be up to speed, but you know, I, the other thing about this, this 49ers defense against the, against the Cowboys offense is uh, Deontay Lee, who uh, I think used to be with the ringer. I'm not sure who he's with now. Uh, Oh, he's a staff writer for the athletic, but he's also a defensive coordinator for a high school team where he lives. And um, he quote tweeted Nate Tice, uh, who I love. He's a part of the athletic football show with Robert Mays. And Nate Tice said the 2023 49ers defense has only surrendered an explosive play, which is a run of 12 plus yards or a pass of 16 plus yards on 4.76% of their plays. That is the lowest explosive play rate through the first four weeks since the NFL expanded to 32 teams in 2002. That's quite the stat. But Deontay quote tweeted that and said, Steve Wilkes was always a perfect fit with this group. And so I replied to that and I said, What about Wilkes made him such a good fit with this particular defensive group? And he then quote tweeted that and said that he wasn't going to ask this defensive front to do anything other than what it's best at playing fast and wreaking havoc. Because of that, he can be versatile on the back end. And that's what I think that we've seen uh, through these first four weeks. And I think that's really where those second half adjustments have come in, right? Where in the first half, again, he's playing fairly vanilla. And if if the if the cowboys are gonna if the cowboys are gonna employ this quick passing game, then the 49ers are gonna sit in zone all day. And Dak Prescott sucks against zone. Dak Prescott is really good against man coverage, but he sucks against zone. Um, and I saw a stat and I wish I could find it again. I'm not sure where it is, and I'll keep looking. But um, his uh, his passer rating against zone is so much lower than his passer rating against man, which is different than Brock Purdy. With Brock Purdy, he has a high passer rating against zone and man, which is beautiful. You're like, okay, there's really not a whole lot that you've done so far to to really kind of rattle this kid. Which again, we've we've talked about ad nauseum. It's, it's super impressive, but. My fear is what's going to happen in the first half is Dallas going to come out with a quick passing game. Are the 49ers defense, are they going to struggle against that? Like they did against the Rams, but then come out in the second half with some adjustments. I'm interested to see what happens, but you know, the other thing that I think is we don't talk about a lot is this, or I guess we mentioned it earlier, but it looks like the Cowboys have outscored their opponents by a lot, but 28 of their points have come on uh, defensive or special teams touchdowns. And so offensively, they actually aren't, haven't been very impressive. And you saw they scored 16 against the Cardinals. The 49ers just put up 35. Brock Purdy was 20 of 21. Christian McCaffrey scored four touchdowns, had almost 200 yards from scrimmage. I don't think this Cowboys offense is is capable of of pouring it on this 49ers defense at all.
3: Yeah, and I'm just surprised, I guess, like you said, that that I understand they're going to try to employ the quick passing game against the Niners. That makes sense. But when you look at they go out and they add a Brandon Cooks, who's a downfield target. Right. They have all these exclusive players and they're still maybe it's just a Mike McCarthy thing. I don't know. But. It is a little surprising the way they've played. Like you said, I think the scores, they've had three blowouts, but it has been more the defense and turnovers and defensive scores. So it's not like the offense is going up and down the field with these big explosive plays. So we'll have to see how they come out. Where I do worry a little bit is that front for the Cowboys. Now, Trayvon Diggs isn't there anymore. That's 18 interceptions in the last two-plus years or three-plus years or whatever it's been. That's a big play guy in the back end that they don't have. But that front really gave the Niners offensive line issues in the playoff game last year for at least three quarters until the Niners kind of wore them down. Purdy had a lot of pressure in that game. Uh, there were they, they forced him into a couple of bad throws that, frankly, the Niners got a little lucky on. So that worries me a little bit. And the big thing with the Niners is this year they haven't turned the ball over. Right, one turnover in the four games. Dallas has forced ten turnovers, and that's how they've been beating teams right now. Is they're just turning the ball over and getting pressure. They have 14 sacks, which is around the top of the league. So that Niners offensive line is going to have to come and play. I do I do think that Kyle is going to really try to run the ball. Um, like we talked about James Conner, how he got around the tackles. Arizona ran for 222 yards against the Cowboys. I feel like that's the way the Niners are going to attack this. But if it does get into any kind of a drop back game, they have to protect. That's the key. Turnovers are the one thing to me in this game that, that can change it. The Niners have been great about not doing that, and they have to continue.
1: Yeah, I found it. Nick Wagner was the one that tweeted out. He had a thread just as like analysis of the game. And he said, uh, Dak Prescott's QBR versus zone is 49.4, which is 18th in the league. And his QBR versus man is 90.2, which is third. The Niners play zone at the third highest rate in the league, which is 72.6%. So again, you know, I I, I think I just, it, it is a chess match. It really is. It's two heavies going at it. I don't expect... I do not at all expect a 49ers blowout, um, but I do expect them to play well. And I am just very, very interested to see if this Dallas offense can do anything against this 49ers defense, because like we said, they really haven't been very impressive yet this season. Um, those blowouts are not because of the offense. that bl- Those blowouts have become or have been because of their, of their defense. So let's, I mean, let's take a look at that side of the ball now. Right. And you, you just said it, your, your concern is that Dallas pass rush and they, they harassed Brock Purdy all game in the playoff game last year. Uh, but it didn't rattle Brock. Right. Cause he still threw no interceptions. He didn't throw a touchdown, but, Dak Prescott threw two interceptions and Brock Purdy threw none. And in a game where one turnover could be the difference, Brock Purdy did what Brock Purdy does and that's take care of the football. That Dallas front is nothing to mess with. But one of the things that I think is interesting, and I think I brought this up on our last show, uh, is that Brock Purdy has been getting the ball out quicker this season uh, than he did at any point last season. Uh, Again, from Nick Wagner, this was three days ago. Uh, in 2022, uh, Brock Purdy's average time of release was 2.93 seconds, which is which is not great. Um, and just meant that he was holding onto the ball a little bit too long. Uh, so far this season, it's been 2.56 seconds. So knocking almost a half a second off of his time to release, which against a pass rush like Dallas, who leads the league in pass rush win rate, it's hard to say for me, um, that's going to be super important. But the other thing that's going to be super important is controlling the ball with Christian McCaffrey. The Stiles defense wasn't missing anyone on their line, wasn't missing anyone in the linebacking core. The only one they were missing was Trayvon Diggs, and they gave up 222 yards to James Conner and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals are better than we thought they were, and and they played well against the 49ers as well. I know it was 35 to 16. It doesn't look like it, but they did. They played well. And Arizona's offense is actually... Uh, Ranked, I think, in the top 10 still in, in DVOA, which is impressive. One of the things that the Cardinals did that I'm going to look for the 49ers to do is they ran directly at Micah Parsons. And I think that's a huge key. I think wherever Parsons is lined up is where that run needs to go because Micah Parsons is a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal pass rusher. He's not very big, right? He he He's quick. He is fast. He is otherworldly athletic but if you get on him in the run game he's he's not stopping the run so that is where I think for me I think the key is running at Micah Parsons and continuing to get the ball out quickly uh, like Brock has done so far this season
3: yeah this feels like a 25 maybe 25 plus touch game for McCaffrey for me as much as they've leaned on him so far I can see them really leaning on him again this game and then maybe they back off a little bit after that but this feels like all christian all the time niners are going to attack them on the ground you're just going to see mccaffrey with the ball in his hands constantly in this game you know brian I'm, look, I'm looking at their schedule again if they lose this game i'm not going to go crazy because i've been saying since since the beginning of the season this is a game dallas has circled it's, it's going to be a tough game if they lose it i'm not going to go not spanish touch the imagination but if they win this game they might go to Thanksgiving undefeated. They really might. And I remember we're talking like, hey, are they going to be five and three in the break, six and two, where are we? Not to jump too far ahead, but you have this gigantic game Sunday night, and then you're at the Browns. Like you said, don't, good defense, but.
1: Great defense. Doesn't
3: scare you. Minnesota Vikings who can't stop anybody. The Bengals were, unless Joe Burrow makes a miraculous recovery between now and then, they just don't look like themselves. Burrow can't throw it outfield.
1: <laughs> yeah. What is that then offense going to do against this 49ers defense?
3: Yeah. Yikes. I just not, not worried there, at least with yeah. this the way they're playing currently. right now. Yeah. Then you got a bye week. Jacksonville has not looked nearly as good as people thought that they were. They kind of look like a mess, to be honest with you. And the Bucks, who are frisky, but you saw what the Eagles did to them. When they play a really good team, I don't know that we really have to worry a team like the Niners or the Eagles. So you look at that, you're talking 10-0 and 0 going into that rough stretch where you have to play Seattle twice, the Eagles and the Ravens. That's crazy. That's crazy. But I feel like, again, I don't want to get too far ahead, health permitting. This is positive, Al. So enjoy it while you got it. <laughs> we could be looking at 8-0 you know, going into the bye, maybe 10-0 and 0 going into Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, and, you know – this is, the I said it with Damon, this is the biggest test the 49ers have faced this season, easily. And I don't think anyone would argue that. And part of that is because this defense is really good. So this is the best defense that Brock Purdy and the offense will have faced thus far. But one thing that I thought was interesting, a uh, friend of the show, Akash, Anna Varathan from uh, Niners Nation tweeted this out uh, today. The offensive DVOA, Of the four teams that the Cowboys have faced thus far this season, the Patriots are 19th. The Jets are 27th. The Giants are 32nd. They won all those games. The Cardinals are sixth, and they lost that game. The 49ers are second. They are ranked second in offensive DVOA behind, I believe, only the Bills. I believe they're ahead of the Dolphins. This is the best defense that the 49ers have faced but this is easily the best offense that that Dallas Cowboys defense has faced. And so it really is strength on strength right now. But to me, we see there the 49ers offense, I think has the advantage over the 40, the Cowboys defense. And I, it might be a slight advantage, but the advantage that the 49ers defense has over this Cowboys offense, I think is where, uh, where the game is won. And so for me, that is, that's the biggest, that's the biggest difference in these teams is that the 49ers have a top 10 offense and defense. The Cowboys have a top 10 defense and a pretty middling offense right now.
3: And I don't want to take anything away from the Cowboys. I have been given them their flowers, but the Patriots, the Jets and the Giants offenses are all atrocious. Awful. I And the Jets Awful. look a little better on Sunday night. Patriots are, are a mess. And the Giants, they have two touchdowns the entire season. The Giants made the Seahawks Brutal. defense look like the 85 Bears. On yeah, the other I mean, they have a lot of problems, so this is going to be a test for Dallas. And frankly, Dallas is the team that needs to show that they can play and win these big games. The Niners yes. have shown that they can do that. There's a lot of pressure yes. on Dallas in this game, a lot. So, I, I think that's that's again, if the Niners lose this game, it's like, all right, they're probably going to win the next five or whatever. It'd be nine, and one, it's not yeah. the end of the world. If Dallas loses this game, you're three and two, all of a sudden, you lost to what may be a decent Cardinals team, you lost to the Niners you don't have Trayvon Diggs, there may be some more issues there. So I think more pressure on them for sure. My prediction, Brian, I do not think the 49ers will score thirty points. They're going to score 27 points and they're going to win this game 27. I'll say 27-17. I think 27 the 30-point streak breaks this week. Yeah.
1: Uh, 27 was what I had in my head as well, but I, I'm going to have to change that because um, we can't have the same the same score. So uh, I do also think the 49ers are going to win. And like you said, this game is so much bigger for Dallas, not just in the scheme of this season, but psychologically, right? Again, this is the team that has knocked them out of the playoffs. The last two years, Cowboys fans are irrationally confident about this game, which I think is funny. 49er fans are largely quiet because again, we've won the last two times we met in the playoffs. Knocked you out. Yeah um so yeah this is much bigger they're coming into this game like you said with damon the cowboys are coming into this game like the 49ers will come into that eagles game but i don't think it matters and this this offense and this defense this defense isn't i don't think it's hit the it's hit their stride yet this offense obviously has i think what's crazy is everyone on that offense think that believes that there's room to grow which is wild because again they've scored 30 or more in the first four games. I also think that that 30 streak breaks, uh, but I wouldn't also, I would not at all be surprised if it doesn't, Uh, but I don't think that it will. And so I will say that the 49ers are going to win this game. Let's see, 26, which means this is a Jake Moody four, four field goal uh, game. Uh, they're going to win 26 to, I'll say 20, 26, 20, 49ers victory.
3: Close game. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Enjoy it. It's a huge game. Sunday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Have some drinks, relax. Most people probably have the next day off. So I'm definitely going to be having some beverages and enjoying the game. So <laughs> attention Absolutely. to my Twitter feed, I guess, by halftime.
1: I can't um, wait to hear. I can't wait to hear Chris Collinsworth just gushing about Brock Birdie. Fuck yeah.
3: <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be vintage Collinsworth. Vintage yes. Collinsworth. Yes. All right, we're all right. out of here. For Brian, I'm Al.
1: Light up. three. One, two, three. <laughs>
0: 2400
2: Sports is an odyssey company.